Welcome back, my friend. All right, today I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic of how can we bring a little bit more peace, productivity, and less stress to our work days. And I know for anybody who's in the military, who has a demanding job, who's trying to work from home and balance a business and family, I know you all want more peace and productivity in your day. I know I do, that's what I want. So today we're gonna to go through 10 practical tips for a more peaceful, productive work day. We're gonna trade the stress, the chaos, the overwhelm, and the feeling of being pulled in a million directions and putting out fires all day for a lot more calm and confidence. So, you know, even if we are in demanding jobs, if our job feels inherently stressful, we don't have to be a victim to that. God wants more for you than waking up every day to a whole bunch of chaos and stress. So whatever your situation looks like, whatever your circumstances are, whatever your job looks like, let's give you some more peace and productivity. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. As I'm recording this, we just had our household goods picked up yesterday. I am sitting in the tiny laundry room on a little lawn chair um, with my computer propped up on the one piece of furniture we pretty much still have in this house because my husband and I are about to be stationed apart for like eight months. But I'm on lunch break, about to run around doing some more out processing to clear this duty station. We're moving on to the next one. So we're in the craziness right now. And I am just so grateful to be here with you and to be able to share some of these lessons learned from learning this the hard way, I would say, over the last few years, these growing pains um, of just work-life balance and of allowing the Lord to show me what it looks like to be more at peace internally. And you deserve this too. So I will keep letting you know all the things that the Lord is teaching me through this military move. And this is number two out of three for this one year. Military life is wild, y'all. And for those of you who also have families who are balancing all this too, I truly think it's even harder for our kids than it is for us because I know, you know, my poor Matthew, who's three years old, doesn't quite understand everything that we're going through to the extent that I can. And I just can't even imagine being in his shoes where everything around him is changing so rapidly and not being able to understand it as much. And poor guy came in yesterday after the moving truck had cleared out pretty much everything from the house and they were just finishing up the last few things and he comes in and immediately breaks down crying because he was just like, it looks so different. Where's all of our stuff? Like, where is my toys and our couch and blah, blah, blah. Like he was so, so upset about it all. And this was even with a lot of preparation of conversations I had with him of telling him stories with like some characters of what was going to happen and just all the different ways we really try to prepare their hearts. But truly, I think learning how to cultivate a sense of interior peace amidst a lot of change, amidst a lot of stressful things externally, is what allows us, especially as mothers or in our work environments, on whatever teams are a part of, whatever groups are a part of, we can be that source of peace for others and share the peace that God calls us to have. Because if we're grounded in him, then no matter what's going on around us, we can be at peace. And that's a beautiful gift the Lord wants to give us. And so 
having the tools to cultivate that within yourself can enable you to share it with your family when they are struggling with it too. Because I know for, I mean, our little ones are not at the maturity yet to be able to maintain their own peace. And so we have to be able to maintain ours so that we can share our calm and our peace with them. And in our work environments, when everyone else is losing their cool and their composure, like we can be that peace amidst the storm too. So I believe that this is a skill that we can grow in and trusting God more in our everything in life, the little and the big things is also something we can grow in. He wants to give us so much grace for everything he asks us to do. We just have to be open to receiving it. All right, let's dive right in. So number one, every single day, list your top three priorities your must-dos or your non-negotiables in order. And the key here is limiting yourself to three. You can do even less than that, but I want you to limit yourself to three. And this is why. Because so many times I know I go around carrying this massive to-do list in my head and it hangs over my shoulders. And I almost expect, it's like this unwritten, unspoken expectation to myself that I'm going to get all of it done. (laughs) And so I just have this unrealistic idea of what's even possible in a day sometimes. And so then I feel like I'm constantly falling short or I get really disappointed in myself or I feel like I'm letting other people down or I'm letting myself down and then I beat myself up about it. And how many of you are the same way? You know, and a lot of us are, you know, we feel a lot of a sense of accomplishment in checking things off the to-do list but I really want you to get brutally honest with yourself of what are my top three, because the exercise itself of defining those things and of putting them in order, it's like you're staking, you're putting a stake in the ground and saying, this thing matters more than the next thing. And this thing matters more than the next. And so you're really identifying those things that are most important that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and how you're spending your time and your energy. Because again, time and energy matters, but our, it's not just the physical time and energy. It's also our mental and emotional bandwidth and our ability to focus. And so this defining of those three, it also means that you're saying no to some other things that you could be putting expectations on yourself that you don't even necessarily realize it subconsciously. And so it's giving you permission to almost say no to those things, or it's more not as much of a no as it is a not yet. So it can give your brain more peace of mind of knowing, I'm gonna focus on these things first, and great, if I get them done, the rest of this stuff is like a nice to have. You know what I mean? And so the hard work of prioritizing, it forces us to say no to some things. Saying no is hard, especially in our world and job environments. You know, our world tells us we got to say yes to more things. So just a, a separate note too, when you're doing this, if you have a really large task, like a big project or something like that, define what your kind of criteria for completion is. Or give yourself three, your three priorities could be three portions of that project. Does that make sense? So you're not just looking and being like, I'm going to make progress on this project. You actually define for yourself, what progress do I really want to make today? And this will help us not spread ourselves so thin. And also reduce a little bit of that feeling of overwhelm that we have with not feeling like we're being as productive. Because if you set out with these unrealistic expectations of what's possible in the first place, you're always going to be falling short of that. And you're going to be beating yourself up and you're just not being kind to yourself, you know? And I know I realized that I was doing that to myself when I started being more intentional about defining those top three things. And then a part of this also could be, you know, making, if you feel like you got to write down everything that is weighing on you, then give yourself permission to write down a big list of all the work tasks that you need to do, but then from that list, define your top three priorities. And again, the rest of the things could be additional if you have more time and energy during the day. 
Okay, number two, time block. So the next thing after you identify those priorities, identify any meetings, um, communications, or collaboration that's needed with other people. The things that depend on others or the things that have a you know non-flexible aspect to it. Like obviously meetings are gonna be you know, set in stone usually on the calendar for, you know, for in the military, we have very, usually very set, what we would call battle rhythm, where like, this is what we do on this day, and these types of meetings. And so those things that are inflexible, put that down on your calendar, obviously, that's not going to be changing. And then also add the things that depend on other people. So outside of those meetings, what are the things that you're going to have to work with somebody else on? Because that obviously, requires two people and so you're going to have probably a, a more limited window that you can do that kind of work and then after you do those things that are non-flexible or a little bit less flexible move towards those things that require you to kind of work on your own so then i want you to schedule time blocks of specific priority focused work so you i think in so so much of what i noticed at least for myself and I think so many of my peers that are in the military as well, as leaders, we feel like we're constantly like, we're constantly feeling like what's important is being overtaken by what's urgent. And so that can be really frustrating, but this is intended to help us move away from that because it's giving permission to give us focused work time where we can do deep work on certain projects. So a key to this that I found really helpful for myself, a small tip is, Give yourself permission to close your email or to reduce distractions in the ways that you can. Or if you really feel like you got to have your email up at all times, if you're sitting at your desk, then make sure when new emails or text messages or whatever it is comes in, ask yourself, does this take precedent? Does this take precedent over what I had set intentions for during this time? So remember how you gave that time block for that type of work? It's going to allow you to stay focused and your brain is going to be used in a certain way for that type of work. And then when, when you're ready to move to the next kind of task that requires a different type of brain um, energy, then it's going to be easier because we, our brains, our bodies, everything needs time to transition between types of activities. So if we're constantly bouncing around between or we're trying to do this deep engaging work and then we receive an email and we're like, oh, I got to respond to that email and we bounce back, it takes time for us to get focused again. And so it's going to be easier if we can just make a decision in the moment and say, okay, that new message that just came in, does that now overtake what I was doing? Or can I actually say, oh, nope, I'm going to finish what I'm doing. And then later this afternoon, I'm going to take some time to respond to that email, you know, and so really be very honest with yourself about this. But the key is allowing yourself to make an intentional decision because you've actually weighed that instead of feeling like, oh no, I have to be pulled from this because I have to respond to that right away. If you don't actually have to, you can look and you can assess how time sensitive it is. And that way we're not feeling like everything is more urgent than it actually is. You got to really actually assess that because sometimes it's just a perception that we have have to respond, but we might just be adding additional shoulds that we don't really need to be carrying. So if you are able to identify a time and place that you will respond to that email or write a note to yourself, then you can be at peace and you don't have to be completely pulled from that thing that you're working on. And this was, I mean, it sounds simple, but seriously, this was actually very revolutionary for me this year because I felt like the entire day, it was like so unpredictable of what am I going to even working on? When am I going to have time for my, you know, longer projects that need more research or need more deep work or need me to write very like very intensive things. And so if I had time set aside to do those and I kind of knew like this is 
this is my structured time for this type of activity, then I would be able to, again, reassess, does this email really need to be responded to right this second? Or can I say, okay, assess it really quickly, look at it and be like, all right, there's a time and place for that. And this is not the time and place, you know? So I just really encourage you to do that if you're not already doing that. Number three, reevaluate what your go home criteria is halfway through the day. So I know in the military, especially, as is probably the case for other jobs, we have this idea oftentimes that our work ethic is dependent on the amount of time we spend at work or doing work. And there can oftentimes be this perception, especially in the culture of a lot of military units, that you know, if you're a good leader or if you're a hard worker, if you're dedicated enough to the team, you're going to be in the office until past 6 p.m. You know, and it's like daycares usually on post at least will close at about 5.30 or 6. But it's almost this unspoken sometimes expectation that, okay, if you're not in your office really late at night, you're not working hard enough or you don't have enough on your plate or you're just not dedicated enough to the team. And so I really want to encourage you to... Be willing to question the association of hard work and work ethic and dedication to the team with the amount of time we spend doing our job. Because I want to make the argument that quality of work is much better than quantity of time spent at work. And so you can 100% make an incredibly big impact on your team and your organization without just wasting hours in a day. If we can't get all of our work done, that's required. And again, this is not all of as in like you get your entire to-do list done every single day. Not necessarily about that, but it's actually making those honest assessments of what does need to be done today and what can actually be left for tomorrow. Because again, we put a lot of extra expectations on ourselves of what really is realistic to get done in a day at the quality that it should be or it can be. And we also sometimes are just add on additional work because we don't give ourselves permission to say this can wait for tomorrow. And some of the absolute best leaders that I've had have really been ones that have actually helped push people out of their office sooner and, and been like, okay, our goal is to get everything done by, let's just say 4.30 today so we can go home or four so we can go home early to, and be spend more time with our families because we're going to have to surge on this you know, field training exercise in the coming weeks. And we want to make sure we're giving a little bit of extra time back to our families. And so the good leaders can really make those calls. And so now if you're a leader, you should also be, be very intentional about what the culture is that you're setting just by your example. And then also be willing to be somebody who can change the culture if it's not how you think it should be too. You know, I think we have the choice, especially when it comes to you know, being part of an organization, we have the choice of whether we kind of succumb to the culture that's around us. And if we fit ourselves into that mold or force ourselves to fit into that mold and shape all of our decisions based on that, or are we willing to kind of sometimes go against the grain to make things better for those who follow or for those that we are leading and sometimes even teach our leaders something that they may have just accepted as the norm because they don't know that it could be done differently and it can still be done well differently. That's the key. So to reiterate what I'm saying here, reevaluate halfway through the day what your actual go-home criteria is and be willing to, what we would call in the, in the army at least, train to standard and not to time. Because time isn't all that what's important, but the actual quality of the work is. All right, number four, become aware of your thoughts and emotions throughout the day. So a good kind of prompting question for you here is where do I feel a sense of dread, a lot of stress, anxiety, 
overwhelm or some insecurity even maybe about an aspect of work or you know maybe it's working with a particular individual or set of individuals or certain environments or certain demands or projects or tasks or whatever what is that for you that causes a lot of stress and anxiety where do i what do i think is contributing to that and then the important question how can i invite god in here I think we, in so many ways, I at least notice this tendency in myself, we have this sense of compartmentalization of our faith and our work, and it's like we could go to church on Sundays, but then the rest of our days, we kind of like sometimes forget about God, and it's very easy to fall into this trap or feel like we can't bring faith into our work environment in any way, or like how, you know, how do I kind of live out my faith in the work environment, but I honestly think that our the way that we go about everything that we do, it can be a form of prayer in and of itself. And so I really encourage you to think about how can I just invite God in more throughout my day into those little moments, the big moments, because I know for me, especially I will go all day long trying to handle everything on my own, but God does not want us to do that. He truly wants us to rely on him for everything and to recognize that we are dependent on him. And to invite him in because he wants to help us carry that load and make it a million times easier and lighter. (laughs) And so where are you losing your peace? Where are you losing your peace? And can you in that moment, even if it's for like 30 seconds or less, how can you invite the Lord in? Talk to him about your fears, about your stress, about your anxiety, and sit with him until you feel peace come over you again. Ask him for clarity and conviction or courage or whatever it's going to take, whatever virtue it is in that moment that you need so you can do whatever he's calling you to do. And also with that too, when we turn to God, he's going to help us notice those lies that we might be believing or falling into. You know, when it comes to, you know, anything that we're anxious about, we're afraid of, we're worried about, he's going to saturate our mind with truth and with his peace So that no matter whatever our circumstances are, we don't have to fall victim to it. We can trust that whatever is happening is happening for us in some way. And when we let the Lord in, we can trust that he's bringing good through it. And so no matter how hard it is, he is with us. Sometimes we just forget about that. So just a reminder that when we become aware of our thoughts and emotions, when we invite the Lord in, he will bring us peace again. What's that verse from Isaiah? You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So if we fix our minds on Christ and we just allow ourselves to be drawn back to the Lord when we stray in some ways or when we forget about him throughout the workday because of the craziness of all of it, let us just come back. Let us just come back into his arms and ground ourselves in him again, even for just a moment. Because then we don't have to be in reaction mode all day long in that fight or flight stage of our adrenaline and nervous system always being in stress and urgency all day. If we can maintain that interior peace by remaining grounded in the Lord, then he's going to enable us to have much, much more both peaceful and productive work days. Because how much of our mental and emotional bandwidth is being drained by stress? And I can teach you exactly how to do this specifically with whatever situations it is that tends to bog you down in my group coaching program, Renew. Because this journey truly has the power to transform how you experience and how you pursue everything in your life, your work, your motherhood, so much more. So let his peace wash over you. 
Don't forget to run back to him. Okay, number five, reevaluate and recalibrate your expectations. So we talked about this a little bit with the one about prioritization, but just be willing to assess your own standards of yourself. Be honest with yourself. What am I defining as good enough? Is it this unrealistic expectation of perfection that I'm holding myself to? And no wonder I'm always falling short of that because I never, I never feel like enough if I'm aiming for perfection. And is that realistic? Can I recalibrate that a little bit? Another thing that I've encouraged women to work through that I've been coaching in the past, which has really been helpful, is assessing our deadlines for tasks. You know, are your deadlines being given to you explicitly or are they self-imposed? Are they a combination? Most of us are going to have an expectation you know, of certain deadlines, but then we're also going to put additional deadlines on ourselves. And so again, what are we expecting ourselves to get done in one workday? And is that realistic or not? Can we just be kinder to ourselves by being a little bit more compassionate? And then identify each day or this week, what's been weighing most heavily on you? That's contributing maybe towards a feeling of being behind or feeling like all this pressure to catch up or to, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed about your workload, what has been contributing to those feelings of being behind? And where exactly is the expectation coming from? Because I can guarantee so many of the women that I work with, the expectation is very self-imposed. And I know for me, this is definitely the case. And so can you just take a moment and intentionally reset your expectations to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself? Don't drive yourself into the ground unnecessarily. Okay, number six. This is very tied and you're going to notice some of these things have common themes, okay? But number six is unraveling our worth from our performance and our productivity. So just take note, what pressures are you feeling to prove your value based on your performance and your productivity and what you're getting done and the quality of your work? How, what do you feel like you have to do in order to earn your value in your work environment? Or in your job. I really encourage you to actually explicitly name those things that you feel you have to do in order to prove yourself. And then once you do that, can you hold a little bit more space in your heart for the truth that your inherent value and your worth and your identity does not change based on how you perform? And then taking a step further, can you believe even with a little bit of your being for right now, if it's really hard for you, that your worth does not change based on other people's perceptions of you. That's what I really want you to just sit with and to just continue to grow an awareness of. What are these narratives in our minds that are really causing us additional stress and anxiety because we're tying so much of our worth and our identity to how other people see us? I know I feel this so much when it comes to those stigmas that we feel like we have to break down and those barriers to the perception of our work ethic and all of those things when we're a mother. But we will be much more at peace internally throughout our work days and just in general in balancing work and life and motherhood and all the things when we don't unnecessarily tie our worth and our identity to those things, to our performance, to how much we get done, to our evaluation reports, to our numbers on the PT test and all those things. All right, number seven, identify what exactly feels chaotic to you or what feels very unpredictable to you. What tends to throw you off? 
Like specifically, what are those triggers for you? Those circumstances, those moments throughout the week? And then how might you be able to create more of a sense of order, of peace, of harmony, or of predictability in your workday or in your work week or with those work relationships? So going back to what we were talking about before, when we become more aware of our thoughts and our emotions and all those things, we can also identify what are those potential common patterns here that I'm seeing that are making it feel chaotic. And then when we become more aware of our thoughts and our emotions, and then the next one, right? What we're making it mean about us when certain things happen in our work environment, we can start to notice how we might be hinging our worth on our results or on how other people see us and how that's then inherently disrupting our sense of peace. So all of this growing in awareness. Number eight, simplify. (laughs) What can we simplify here? So, you know, so much of stress and overwhelm can be reduced by just simplifying things. So again, what patterns did you notice from the previous question? And if there are things you can't relax your expectations or timelines on because they're externally imposed by, you know, your supervisor, by whatever the, again, the rhythm of the work week is, timelines for projects, what are some things that you could ask for help in, that you could delegate, that you could potentially set some boundaries for or in? What could you take off your plate that's not really necessary? What could you simplify or streamline with better systems, routines, or communication maybe with others that you're seeing friction points? And then another one that I've worked with women on that can be really helpful and that I've personally had to do, and this was this was really good, was what honest, open conversations might you have with either your supervisor or some teammates or even those who you lead to talk about the workload? Because what I've noticed is when my supervisor comes to me and notices we're working really hard, we're working really long hours, we, he just starts to notice or she starts to notice we are overworking in a way and they come at it with a sense of curiosity and also the desire to give us permission to slow down a little bit. That can be really powerful. And so sometimes that can be supervisor to those that they're leading, right? And they can be the ones to give us permission to slow down or to, you know, set more realistic expectations or to take things off our plate. But sometimes we have to advocate for that ourselves too. If our workload is consistently too high and we are running ourselves into the ground, sometimes our leader doesn't even know and they want to help us, but they, if they don't know, they don't know how to help us through it, right? And so sometimes we just have to be willing to go in and have the courageous conversation and say, hey, this is all the things on our plate. This is what we're prioritizing. This is what we can realistically accomplish given the time, the resources, the personnel, all that stuff, right? And then we can say, this is what we're having a hard time accomplishing because we don't have enough support or we need better equipment, we need more resources, we would need more time for, right? And so if we come with those open conversations and then we provide potential solutions as well, then that advocacy work can oftentimes result in much more manageable workloads or more support, the support we actually need to accomplish the mission or get the results that they're looking for, but not losing sight of the people who are working behind it. And so are there any feedback mechanisms for you or potential, you know, check-ins or counselings or performance evaluations or just conversations that you could have throughout your rhythm where you could express any concerns and 
potential troubleshooting that could happen within your own organization? Would you be comfortable initiating a conversation with your supervisor, maybe that you're feeling a certain way about these things? And then if you're not comfortable with that, ask yourself, why are you not comfortable with it? And then is there a way that you can make that conversation a little bit easier or kind of set conditions for that conversation? Start tackling it in bite-sized pieces. I still remember uh, my soldier and I last year, I was pregnant. You know, she was managing a whole bunch of things because we had a water crisis in Hawaii. We were both mothers, both had little ones, both trying to manage life with our spouse stationed somewhere completely different from us. And so it was a really, really hard season for us personally, in addition to our workload being very high because we were establishing a program from the ground up and we had like no equipment compared to what everyone else had, but we were still setting a standard for ourselves that we were going to perform at the same level as the other units in that role. And so I remember distinctly, our commander came to us sometime and he was just like, I want to make sure you guys are taking care of yourself too, because I can see how hard you're working and I can see how much you're sacrificing for the team. But I also want you to be aware that oftentimes we, and he was like, and I've done this too, and I do this all the time. And so just from my own experience as well, we can run on this hamster wheel faster. We we run ourselves on the hamster wheel faster than we actually need to be running. And so he was like, I want you to just recognize when that's happening. And again, relax your expectations of yourself or be willing to slow down a little bit because you guys are doing a great job. I don't want you to run yourself into the ground for the team because it's not going to be sustainable over the long run. You're just going to get completely burnt out. And we were, I mean, we were pretty much already burnt out. And so this was, this was already what we were doing. And he was reflecting back to us and saying, it's okay to slow down. And so I think if you're a leader or if you have a leader who does that, if you do that for those that you lead, and if you're willing to model it for those that you lead, it can be a beautiful thing. And if your leader does it for you, it can also be a beautiful thing. But sometimes it takes having those conversations, you know, so they understand what your workload looks like because sometimes they just don't know. And often another thing that was happening for us was we were almost, it felt like we were working for two different bosses just because of the way our job was structured. And so we were answering to a bunch of different people and nobody knew what the other people were expecting of us either. And so it was, it was like that cross communication and the synchronization wasn't there. And so we were the only people who were bearing the brunt of it and seeing the whole array of things that were on our plate, but nobody was really synchronizing those things. But so if nobody else, then we have to be the ones that are willing to have those conversations and to assess that honestly, and then to come back and say, okay, these are the things we might not be able to do. Are we willing to accept risk on these things that we can't necessarily get done? Or do we need to recalibrate or do we need to get more support? And then our supervisor oftentimes is going to have more influence, more authority to make certain decisions, to pull more resources towards us. And so all of those things can happen much more smoothly if we just take the time to do those conversations and to take a step back and really reassess. Why are we feeling super burnt out? Why are we feeling like we're running ourselves to the ground? Why are we sacrificing so much of our you know, mental health, our family time, all these things. Is this necessary? Is this, does this have to be the cost of this mission? Is this mission important enough to do that? Or do we kind of need to take that step back and say, how can we make this more sustainable? All right. So those are a few things we really learned the hard way that I want to share with you. And we tried to implement it afterwards and it was just a million times better. Number nine, rhythms of rest and recharge. In the same vein of creating more peace about your day, I really encourage you to think about 
what are some times that you during the workday could step away for a couple minutes to just take a little bit of a reset and recharge your batteries <laughs> and think about those things that could bring you peace and joy. So for me, it's like, you know, either a couple moments of stillness, of silence, of prayer or of music maybe. So if I'm driving to or from something or I'm running an errand or I'm grabbing lunch or coffee, whatever it is, like listening to praise and worship music and just singing can really allow me to both pour my heart out and to receive and just again, reset and ground myself in the Lord and then come back. It fills me. So, but that's gonna be different for everybody. And then another one could be connection time with a loved one. I know that it's very easy for us to get head down so bogged down in our work, but if we don't take just like a moment or two sometimes to step away or to just take the time to eat your lunch instead of pushing through, then we're going to start to lose a little bit of focus because we're running ourselves to the ground without even realizing it. I know, you know, oftentimes we might want to really finish up that task and then take a break or whatever. So finish up what you're doing and then give yourself the permission to take care of yourself too, because you're taking care of a million things probably and a million other people, but you also matter. And I just want to reinforce that to you because we oftentimes feel like we, we just have to sacrifice everything and every part of us to be doing enough. And I kind of want you to just take a, take a pause for a second and ask yourself, what's going to make this more sustainable and doing the little things like being able to go to the bathroom or being able to eat your lunch. Like that's what's going to keep you healthy for the long run. So that ultimately benefits the whole team. And you're going to be able to show up much better to your work when you have more energy, when you have more focus, when you're also taken care of too. And I want you to also, I know this is really hard to do. So you have to allow yourself to experience the calm of slowing down for a few minutes. And I argue that this is most important when you are feeling all the pressure to speed up. Okay, so be willing to allow yourself to be in the tension of going against the grain for even just a few minutes in very little ways, and it's gonna make it easier for you to start implementing some of these habits like we're talking about over the long run and start to be somebody who's willing to change the culture, right? And then I also want you to think about when it comes to rhythms of you know recharging and rest and routine and all of that, what does your morning and evening routine look like? Do you have one at all? Do you feel like you're thrown and thrust into your day? And are you already feeling chaos in the morning? And then evening, what does that look like too? And I know with little ones, it can be, it can feel like we're just, we're on, we're just responding to all the things that need to happen and everybody else's needs are super urgent. But how can you just create a little bit more peace in your morning routine and in your evening routine? Focus on what is life-giving to you and to your family. How can you simplify things a little bit? How can you make sure your cup is filled in very little ways? Because I know you're not going to have all the time in the world as a mom. We, we really don't. And so how can you make the most of like small little spurts of time? Do you have a little bit of prayer time? Do you have time for exercise? I know if you're in the military, you probably have mandatory exercise sessions every day. But like, what does your nutrition look like? How are you taking care of yourself in those little ways? What does your sleep hygiene look like? And I'm not talking about just the hours of sleep that you're getting because most of us are pretty sleep deprived as moms of, of very little ones. And so I, I totally get that because I'm right in the boat with you. But the way I keep my energy up is by making sure I'm eating like every two hours, I'm at least having a snack <laughs> and I'm just taking my care of myself and my mental health because that deeply impacts our sense of energy and how tired we are. And then for our evening routine too, it's really easy for us to end up 
because we're feeling very drained from the workday to just want to decompress and to like check out. But oftentimes we fall into these habits like just scrolling on social media or binge watching Netflix or whatever. And then we are like, ah, I don't have enough time to do all these things I really want to do. But we also might not necessarily feel filled from that. But I just encourage you to think about whatever habits that you have that are very consistent. And are they something that is distracting you from what's most important and wasting your time? Or is it filling you? You know, and sometimes we can fall into these things that are actually filling a void instead of filling us in the ways that we really need to be filled. And so I noticed that myself, so I just encourage you to think about it too. And then the last thing, similar to an evening routine, establishing some kind of a review of your day or like an examine almost at the end of the day. So a couple little components that I think could be powerful here that I've done that have been really helpful for me is just a mental, emotional check-in with yourself. Like, how am I feeling? How is my day? What was really hard for me today? It can be really helpful to just identify that so you're aware of it. So it's not just subconsciously shaping everything that you're doing and how you're interacting with all the people who especially matter most to you. What were some lessons learned for me today? Was there something that I grew in a lot? Was there something I made mistakes in or some way that I can just turn around the next day and love better, to serve better? How does God want me to grow from today? What am I ready to let go of? What's weighing most heavily on me? And how can I surrender that to the Lord? (laughs) That's the key. It doesn't have to be pent up inside our bodies and our minds and our hearts, but we can give it to the Lord and he will take some of the weight off of our shoulders there. What's one gratitude from the day? What's one win, a small win even? Maybe it was like, hey, we got the boys out the door pretty smoothly today and daycare drop off was a great one. Like that's a huge win in my book, at least when things like that go smoothly in the morning, like it's a great, it's a great win. I always, every single group coaching call in my community, we start off with gratitudes and wins from the week. It is a habit that we can develop as muscle that we can grow in, we can grow stronger in. And so is celebrating our wins because so many of us just are like speeding up, speeding up, trying to get to the next thing. And we don't actually take time to honor where we are in the journey. In addition to holding space for all the things that were hard in the day, all the things that you're going through mentally and emotionally, those battles that you're fighting and surrendering them to the Lord so he can help you fight them with more grace. And then the last thing, what's one thing I can do to make tomorrow easier, smoother, more peace-filled, more productive? And it can be small. But just that that one moment of asking yourself that question will force you to kind of look a little bit ahead for the next day. You can anticipate something that you can do to support yourself through the next day and just be kind to yourself in the next day. Again, being able to enter into the day with a little bit more predictability, with a little bit more flow, with a little bit more peace, and a little bit more of an understanding of how God might want me to approach that thing because I'm willing to also let him in and not try to carry it all on my own. So those are your 10 tips for how to make your days more peaceful, more productive. And again, start to trade some of this stress, chaos, the overwhelm that we often feel surrounding our workday, especially in the military or in demanding jobs, or if you're trying to balance entrepreneurship and taking care of your kids in the home. I know it's really hard and it can feel like you're pulled in a million directions and you're super spread thin, but we deserve to have that sense of calm, that sense of purpose, and that confidence that God is giving us both the time and the grace and everything that it takes with his help to do all that he calls us to do and that we don't have to do it all on our own. So go out and keep fighting the good fight, sister. I'm right here alongside you and I pray that this blesses you today. Be sure to share it with a friend who you think will benefit from it too. And I'll talk to you soon. 